I'm Gigi Johnson, and this is Amplify Music Conversations, where we captured the voices and music panels from the Amplify Music 2021 virtual conference. Over the course of the panels, you'll hear more than 100 panelists from a wide variety of cities and countries, each working in their local communities to recover from the challenges and changes of the pandemic. You'll hear about new community models, collaborations, and ways of organizing, each recovering and transforming their own music environment. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having us, Amplify. Um, My name is Eric Gilbert. I'm based in Boise, Idaho. You know, we're hosting this conversation about the future of live events. And uh, here in Boise, I run a a multi-venue, multi-day music festival called Tree Fort Music Fest and promote a variety of shows and indoor and outdoor venues throughout Boise, Idaho throughout the year. And yeah, I'm excited. I think we have a really great panel of folks that represent different um, sizes of markets. And we're all going to kind of introduce ourselves and talk about kind of how we intersect with live e-events and what's happening in our current location. So. We'll come back around to me at some point, but I did want to give my fellow panelists the opportunity to sort of give a bigger picture about what they're working on. And I'm going to start with um, the nearest neighbor to me here in Boise, Idaho, uh, Laura Wilson over in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks, Eric, and uh, greetings from the Southeast. I'm originally from Philadelphia, but I've been in Fort Collins for four years, and I work for the Bohemian Foundation, where I oversee um, our live music events, so that we have two venues, one seated and one GA cap at 900, called Washington's, and then we do outdoor events as well, um, normally a 10 Uh, show series um, throughout the summer, as well as a large three-day festival called Bohemian Nights every August. I also work with uh, the National Independent Venue Foundation. We we got a few venues reopened, but then they closed again. So now it's sort of a more interesting conversation, and I'm really excited to be here with all of you to uh, see what's next. Great. Ben, down in Los Angeles, introduce yourself. I'm Ben Johnson. I'm the Director of Performing Arts for the City of Los Angeles, the Department of Cultural Affairs, and I'm calling you from Tongva land. And within my portfolio, the city owns eight uh, historic venues plus five of them. And as part of the work that I do is manage these venues and get them open and manage construction projects, as well as think about the future of festivals in Los Angeles as we look towards the Olympics in 2028, international cultural exchange programs with venues and artists and LA and other countries, and then advocate for LA and the music industry on a national and international level. And then furthest away from the rest of us, Ilya in Dubai, I'd love to hear about what you're doing out there. Hey, Eric. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. So I'm uh, Ilya Sawir. I am uh, the founder and managing partner for Big Beards Entertainment. Uh, we do, uh, we program and we organize shows and festivals in the region. And we also do arts management for regional artists. And what we do now is currently uh, we work closely with, with the government on uh, coming back to live events and how we um, try to be to make it safe for people to come back and, you know, attend shows. And uh, yes, yeah, that's basically it. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Gigi and Storm. And uh, looking forward to this panel. Awesome. So I think obviously the real like intersection with this conversation right now, we're all kind of all at a very like significant crossroads as things are starting to reopen but not there yet. Like for example, with our festival here in Boise, we announced our lineup for September, which is, or September, we usually happen in March and it's um, essentially the September festival is our postponed festival from 2020 and now happening in September. And, um, you know, we announced basically 370 artists yesterday and fully moving forward, but there's still a lot of unknowns as to how, you know, fully how we're going to pull that off. Like, you know, I think 
really interesting thing in the, in the States right now is I know in California, we'll get into that too. It's like things are reopening, but it's hard six months out to know exactly what, like how, how reopened is it going to be? And I think it's a, I, I, I think we talked, I, I really would like us to focus more on the future past this moment, but it, but, but at the same time, maybe we can take a moment and just kind of talk about the state of where we're at right now and how we're thinking about these next steps. And Elia, I kind of want to start with you with uh, how things are looking where uh, you're at. Yeah, so basically here in uh, in UAE, it's totally different than any markets around the world. Because actually, we started uh, going back to events and festivals uh, from November 2020 on smaller scale, and now we we built up towards now till April, uh, where it went back to not having any concerts, not because of the pandemic, it's just because the holy month is happening now. So here in the country, so they don't usually host events. Uh, except they host corporate conferences, which is everywhere now. We are actually getting ready to fully operate on no more uh, percentage. It's like 100% in end of May, June, fully um, going towards August, where the biggest exhibition in the world happening here, which is Expo 2021. Um, there's We're discussing with the government how we're going to have a secure space for people to attend as a hundred percent capacity and there's a lot of things we can talk about during the, the panel on how we did that and how what's going to happen uh but yeah we're we're fully functioning at the moment and we have like i'm, I'm hearing from other promoters like colleagues of mine and probably there's over 100 festivals and and shows happening here and in saudi arabia it's even more than that it's it's double than that yeah what just real quick follow up on that? Like, what's does it feel? What's the appetite for live at E events right now? Does it seem like audiences are like? Did you have have anything's gone on on sale yet? And you get a sense of how ticket sales are going or anything? Yeah. So most of the shows that happened before this month were mostly comedy, and it's all sold out. Nothing <laughs> in one day. They they were selling out in one day, and we're talking. Okay, the the number is not massive, but I mean, we're talking about five thousand to. 10,000 capacity. It's a big number for here. So it's, it's great. And the, the, the festivals, the, the expo tickets are, are like selling super fast. Obviously these, these ones don't go uh, out of sale because it's a six month event. But uh, since they issued the tickets, it has been, you know, they, they, they've, they've issued a small number and now they kept doubling that and tripling that every month almost. So yeah. So appetite is and, and just, just a quick one. People try to do virtual events, which we'll talk about, and it failed here. So that's how that's how much people want to see the live experience. So yeah, yeah. Ben, I, I know the governor in California announced reopening in mid June. Do you want to kind of update us on status? In, in, yeah. In so the governor Newsom announced that there will be no restrictions and everything will be fully opened on June twelfth or fifteenth, and I can't remember the exact date. So that's a really important pivot for everybody or, or a, a moment to think about opening. Could go, it could be closed too, depending upon sort of the COVID levels. And, uh, but it is sort of sparking, you know, what is the process of getting to be opened and how do we get our artists ready to be opened? And, um, you know, in many ways, if you follow the restaurant scene, so goes then the music scene. So how, what they're doing to reopen restaurants is then sort of being adopted, in my mind, is being adopted then by the music industry. And what was really interesting about Los Angeles is that because it's such a decentered and large city, 
the, the what it what this time period has allowed is sort of a lot more community organizing with all of the venues and all of the musicians groups. So for example, there was never a sort of a service industry to serve the independent music venues in Los Angeles and now a new one is being formed. So the ability to community organize and address these kinds of issues, but also to get new policy made about how music can open in wherever it needs to be open is a really new update or upgrade in terms of how we think about our city. You know, what I, um, the, what a real impact for Los Angeles has been the movement to sort of outdoor into parking lots and streets and parks. So that's, I think that happens everywhere. And since we're a four season town, um, there's always the opportunity to do that. But what has really had an impact in my mind in terms of events is sort of the immersive theater scene and immersive culture, which really brings in together 3D technology and car drive-throughs and sort of really reimagining what the live experience is. So it's not just venue and buying a ticket and watching a show. It's really kind of a 360 environmental experience. And of course, you can get that to some extent that at existing venues um, but the level of creativity that I'm seeing in the city is really interesting so it's just taking what I, I think is what's exciting is that it's just reanimating space that was unused and so it's and everyone is so hungry to participate and artists are really yearning to perform and to be you know exercise their creative muscles it's it's an exciting new stew mm. uh, that is for sure Real, real quick, one follow up on the outdoor stuff. A lot of times, like outdoor events um, can be burdensome because it, it costs a lot because you have to build the stages from scratch and stuff. Do you see some new outdoor <laughs> uh, outdoor infrastructure kind of getting put in place through this? this? One of the new um, uh, muscles that are being developed by all of our venue managers. And there's this concept called <clears throat> um, sort of taking the the areas around our music venues and turning them into entertainment districts and working with our council members and their districts and say, we need to get, we need to get rid of all the permitting process and loosen up the alcohol restrictions and say, let's create entertainment zones where people can walk, buy a beer in a venue, walk on the street and go to another venue. So this is a brand new concept for our city. And I think it's going to be transformative. Um, I hope, I hope that it doesn't get bogged down with red tape, but it's, 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 there's, there's a movement now to organize these really creative entertainment zones that sort of allow us to thrive and do it as opposed to have red tape and policy prevent us from doing anything. So I think this is an emerging new development that I'm really excited about. And that can happen all over our city. That's awesome. I know Boise's been doing some stuff a little bit like that, but I'm going to lean in on that. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> that's great. I think the best idea I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I have another idea I'm going to share a little bit. All right, that's a really good development. Laura, you have a really interesting intersection with venues. And like you said, some of the other stuff you work with and, you know, you don't run a particular venue or anything. And I'm kind of curious, kind of the different things you see in Colorado. Both, it seems like things are opening up pretty quickly over there, right? They are. Yeah. So a, a big shift for us is that everything went from the state level to the county level last week. So that's good, depending on where you are and depending on your assessment of where we should be, because there's a wide variance across the states of uh, across the state of where people are and, and how many people, you know, there's a 20,000 cap festival, you know, on the Western slope. And it's not exactly the same um, on the front range here or in Denver. So, you know, I think it's it's an interesting time of figuring out um, what's possible. You know, we need to plan things a little bit in this industry. And I think that's been really difficult to do. Um, and even still, there's uh, a lot of questions out there, particularly with indoors, I think, and and how what the distancing means and, and what does that even mean? I mean, you know, looking at a micro level, our 
rules can be different in Fort Collins than they are in Denver or Boulder. But then you have the same thing for national touring across the country where our rules could be different from certainly from Wyoming's or from California's. So I think it's, you know, figuring out how to get that national, you know, uh, synchronicity again, so we can sort of get things back in the flow. And that's some things that Neva has been working on as well. But for us, you know, it's very much focusing on possible outdoor opportunities. Um, I think that's, you know, certainly doable. Um, unfortunately, unlike Ben, we don't, we're not a four season place <laughs> when it comes to outdoors. It's a very short season. We just had snow yesterday. We'll probably have it again in a month, but soon, um, June, we can reliably do things outdoors. So that's what we're looking at. And then, you know, thinking then again, trying to project into the fall when most venues are looking at reopening and, and what that could mean. And if that feels like a safe bet, you know, it's also hard too, because our levels uh, are not great as far as COVID at the moment. So you kind of have to balance loosening restrictions with also your sort of moral and ethical compass about what should be happening right now based upon what's going on in your particular geography. So there's some some interesting um, things to contemplate at the moment, but it's certainly more hopeful than it was previously. I think one thing that's kind of an interesting takeaway from where, where all of us are, and I think Elia touched on it a little bit with the virtual stuff, is what's interesting is even though it's there's a bunch of challenges still ahead for live events like like the momentum for them to happen again is pretty strong right now right and so it's a pretty cool testament to the to the i guess the industry or the you know li- live experiences are going to find their way to still happen right it seems like so you guys will be demand like is there from audience and demand is there from artists so yeah it's just a question of making it happen which is our job yeah and, and do you guys foresee any major like changes to anyone can chime in here? Any major changes to live experiences? Like, are we all going to be wearing spacesuits in the, in the future? Like, <laughs> or do you think it doesn't seem like it, but I was kind of curious. It seems like mostly we're just kind of going to come out the other side, pretty similar to where um, we were before. So, yeah. I, I could, I could say here in Dubai. So uh, we have people who are either vaccinated or, Actually, you don't have to be vaccinated, but we all operate through an app by the government. And it shows if you did the PCR, DPI, and, um, or vaccinated, basically. And from that point, <laughs> you know where, where you can you know, move around. So for now, if you, don't have, you, if you don't have the E thing, which is the vaccination, you're not allowed to enter uh, governmental buildings. So... Uh, and now it's going to be way more stricter for people who doesn't get vaccinated. So what they're trying to do is probably this is going to be implemented in the events as well to enter the venue or the arena or any, any or club even. You have to show that you are vaccinated. We are 60% so far, if I'm not mistaken. So hopefully in the next few months, we'll, everybody, we, we don't have to use the app. Everybody can just go, you know, it's mandatory to be vaccinated there. So yeah. not in America. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wish. I think like a lot of it's going to be managing comfort levels. It's less going to be about, you know, making sure that there's a certain amount of distance and getting your maps out as opposed to creating spaces for people that feel comfortable for them because some, you know, you're going to have your people 
packed in standing at the front of the stage. And legally that's probably going to be allowed, but then you're going to have people that will not come and feel good in that sold out packed in environment any longer. And we don't want them to be excluded from the events or limited to a stream or something like that. So I think, I think rethinking capacity and space, not in the usual, like how many people can we get in this room to make the most money, but how many people can we get in this room to make this event successful for the fans, you know, all of the fans, no matter where they are. So I think that's something that should be considered. So, so will like VIP sections be like socially, socially distant sections, you know, or, you know, maybe there's an option like that, that people can choose or something like that. Do you think that you could see I that? love that you just created an upsell right there. <laughs> or a VIP pod, right? And people yeah, yeah. like yeah. these little groupings, you know, that's another, you know, another thing to think about, or it's been in a big conversation in Los Angeles, isn't just about how to be safe from COVID, but it's creating new safe spaces for communities. And there's a large conversation about, some events that have happened in LA about um, how, how women are treated in these clubs and in venues. And so uh, real negative treatment at all ages uh, performances. So I also think about this is the moment that everyone's thinking about the new experiences about how anybody can go to an event and feel safe. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, you want women to feel safe. You don't want less aggressive, horrible behavior directed towards them by like drunk men or mostly drunk men, but also that translates to the LGBTQ audiences, communities of color. And so this is that moment for that change. And uh, a new thing, some new thinking that I'm really inspired by um, from some conversations I've just been recently having is um, there's a major institution in Los Angeles. I can't tell you who it is because, uh, but I can tell you what they're doing because they're going to be announcing it themselves. So you're getting some sneak peek idea happening right here and they have lots of music venues and um really popular important institution for the city of los angeles and they are using this moment to sort of say if you could change everything now based on all of the sort of racial cultural reckoning social justice issues that we're dealing with and we're looking at massive infrastructures and dismantling white supremacy models if you could change it all what would that be and so they're inspired they're using a book called Um, The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. And so their whole staff read this and they're going to spend the whole year next year inviting artists, thinkers and writers to reimagine every space in their venue about gathering. So it's really about audience gathering and how, what are the new ways to gather as opposed to only sort of preferencing only what the end product is of an artist being on the stage. Of course, that's important, but um, it's going to be, it's going to open up the door in terms of us really rethinking the structures of our halls of how, where people gather, how they come together. And if you sort of focus on that in a new way, how will that influence change across your city and across the field? So I'm excited to see what that's going to be over the course of the next year and sort of what everyone can glean in that new learning. I really love that because I think so much of what we've learned is, you know, how much our spaces are community spaces and how much we've been supported by the communities, you know, various venues across the country to help stay alive. So I think that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Ben. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's interesting. live events often can be good, good, like testing grounds for new ideas like this. And we often are kind of, we naturally could community leaders on a lot of these fronts. And so that's really great to hear that's happening down, down there. Definitely. I definitely think that's a conversation within, I know, in within like Neva circles and stuff, Laura, you, you know, like definitely a lot of conversation about independent venues as well. Just like how, if we're going to come back, how can we come back be- better, clean up some of the other issues that were involved? Elia, do you, is there anything else with what you see, how things are 
coming back over there? Are there any things like that that you guys are addressing? Yeah. So basically, uh, one of the things that's happening here is obviously if you want to, if you want to apply for a permit to do an event, now the authorities has to have all the details about the event, the capacity, how much people are going to be in, what's the measures that uh, are being used that the, the government implemented before, like, or mentioned, you know, that the social distancing, the, the, uh, the use of, uh, specific cups that i don't know it's the weird things in, in events but i mean the the type of of, uh, of uh, the spaces between you know the stage and the art and the people um also the artists or even if the stage is small the artist has to have like i think three meters or something away from you know each member all this it, it has been doing it's been going on will it keep going after this month i don't know but yeah it's i prefer to have it at least for 2021 just you know, to all be safe and not, and not especially because Expo is is coming up, and this is going to be targeting probably twenty twenty five million people from abroad. And how to control this? I have no idea yet, but I'm sure you know we're 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 all excited for this, and I hopefully it's going to be successful, and it will show uh, you know the the comeback of events in in the region here. Great. Um, I, I, we're we're going to have to be wrapping up soon. I just want to say thanks to Amplify for hosting conversations like this. I think one of the silver linings in the last year, you know, not to overuse that phrase, but has been a lot of folks like ourselves getting the opportunity to connect with each other and talk about like what Ben was sharing and other things like how we can make this industry better. And really music is a natural connector, but we don't, I mean, that's the one cool weird thing about zoom now is we, we i think we are able to connect with people like elia from so far away and, and and this has been really a great conversation it's been good to get to know you guys a little bit and, um anybody else have anything else you'd like to uh, i'll just since i'm here just thank you guys for having me i think we're gonna wrap up uh sorry again for the music but uh really i'm honored to be among you guys uh, and hopefully in the future i'm gonna be meeting you or you guys come here and we'll meet all together yeah Thanks for thanks for to Amplify for having us and for bringing us together. And again, yeah, I think it's great that we can have these conversations around the world now. And thanks, Eric, for moderating. I just echo all of the same comments as well. And a big shout out to Gigi for conceiving of this and making it happen and bringing the globe together on these conversations. So thank you. Well, thanks for listening to Amplify Music Conversations. We hope you enjoyed this discussion and come back to listen to our other podcast episodes, either following us in your favorite podcast player or at amplifymusic.org or even on YouTube. And you can find a way to sign up for our email list and join our various groups on Facebook and on LinkedIn. We'd like to thank the Institute of International Business at the University of Colorado, Denver, who sponsors this podcast series, as well as the conference sponsors, Mia, UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music, the Creative Arkansas Community Hub and Exchange, Ben Zugel, Tully, and Lyric Find. We've had great support putting this conference together this year, and we look forward to continuing these conversations with you through this podcast. Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites, and you can find those in the show notes.